0: Never in all of my life have I, and I've preached to a lot of preachers, have I met with a crowd of such hungry preachers reaching out for Jesus for more. I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. We're going to do this together, aren't we? We're going to win!
1: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: Boshakai. Verily, verily, I say unto thee this day, O minister of mine, rise up. This is your day and this is your hour. I commission you anew today. Go forth in my name. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Reach forth unto the lost world. And behold, I will stand by your side. Nothing shall be impossible. Only believe. For I am the Lord God that created the heavens and the earth. I am the one that poured the foundation for the church. I am with you today. And I love you with an everlasting love. From this day, go hello. I am with you always, even to the end.
2: potential that I think that God is wanting us to reach, and I, I hear us all pray and think about it, is is not in now, the emphasis is not necessarily in the numbers, it's in the quality of our own lives mm-hmm. as the operation of the spirit of God. Yes. The potential for the gifts are here. And, uh, and faith is here. Faith is here. Faith is the to uh, <coughs> me is the trigger that 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 explodes all the rest of it. If we don't have faith, then it's hard to have any of the rest of it. But if we've got faith, then we can have and step out with all the rest of it. Praise God. I am so thankful. Not for just what you know, this is the way God does the word from the Man of God and the Word of God goes forth, and then God just comes and seals it. You know, with His Spirit,
1: the seal of that Holy
2: Spirit. Now, Ephesians 1 maybe it's speaking of salvation, but uh, that's what happens in meetings like this. The Holy Ghost comes and just seals it off. This, is, this makes it so permanent. So, what we have felt and heard today has now been sealed by that Holy Spirit promise for it won't escape us. It's the purpose of the sealing, and so it won't escape. And uh, what we felt and seen and heard won't escape us if we take the wax of the Holy Ghost and seal the lid real good. we will take it with us. And, uh, it, won't, it, won't, it won't fall. It won't uh, deteriorate. It won't rot. It'll, it'll stay there. So what you heard today, what you felt, Let's go let's let's go and, and, and keep it. lose mm-hmm. so any of it, add to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Add to it. Brother Travis, any anything that I know blown our schedule, but Barnes did it because we started off. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that, but brother Travis. <coughs> I'm we'll just, just feeling it. Direct my heart us to for the rest of these things. Craft. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Um, uh, I won't take just just, just a minute. Right. Your teeth. <clears throat> I feel like God has definitely intervened in this service this morning for a specific reason. And Brother Barnes, I deeply appreciate you being sensitive to the Spirit, and this is what we need. When I first began in my ministry, it was uh, during the time that we were... Uh, feeling the after effects of what is what was known as the latter rain and I know that there were times in in my ministry that I felt those gifts in my life that I I suppressed those spirits or that spirit and the stirring of those gifts for fear that I would be misunderstood and I think there's there's an area now that we are, facing that we're going to have some of the same feelings, that because of uh, what is known as the Charismatics now, that we fear to let God really work in our midst. And I know there's another extreme, and Brother Barnes mentioned this, the extremes that we swing from one, the pendulum, pendulum swings from one extreme to the other. And there's what is known as the law of diminishing returns that if you push anything too far, you meet resistance coming from the other direction. And I won't take the time to go into that. But I do believe that this is a time that you and I must find a comfortable place in the presence of God yes. to feel comfortable in what we're doing. Now, and here's the one thing that I wanted to leave with you, and I, I, I feel like this is God's Putting this in my heart, there is a danger that when there is a real demonstration of the Spirit of God and the working of the gifts, that self would rise up and want to get some glory. But we've got to reach the place that I don't care who gets the glory, just let the kingdom be advanced. And if there's ever a time that we need to become kingdom-minded, we need to be kingdom-minded today. Not me. Push myself in the background. And I've told God in not one time, but many times, I don't want you to give me any more than you can trust me with. Material possessions, uh, I'm not a wealthy man, but I've lived comfortably. But I tell God all the time, Lord, if you know that I will live for those things, then then strip me if you have to. I've laid hands on cancer patients, and I've seen them healed. Spinal meningitis, encephalitis of the brain, paralyzed legs, deaf ears open. But I'm only a man, and there's no power in these hands. But I said, God, if you can trust me with that, then I want to see it happen in my ministry. But if you can't trust me with it, don't do it. Let somebody else do it. I want to see the work of God go forward as never before. I believe Mississippi is ripe for revival right now. And I think the hunger that's in our heart reaching out to God, let's don't care who gets the credit. And don't try to exert yourself And think, because it's happening now, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon. This is the thing to do. I think there's a danger in that. It's simply waiting till we know that we're comfortable in the presence of God. God gets the glory. God gets the honor. We give Him the praise for it. Thank you, brethren, for your spirit. I appreciate your hunger. I appreciate your deep desire. I think this this will not just be another ministers' and wives' meeting. I think this is a turning point that men are going to leave here and they're going to go back to their churches. God's going to give them victory over the powers of the enemy. And I think where some of those uh, pyramids have been constructed in some of our cities, by the help and grace of God, we're going to tear them down. And there is victory for us. Let's just lift our hands and thank Him for that victory. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> okay,
1: Brother
2: Craft. Thank you. I was so... Sure. I, I just felt like so. Praise God. God.
1: God.
0: Thank you, Brother Craft, and it's been a real pleasure mine, to be with Brother and Sister Craft. Well, Sister Travis, and uh, I certainly sorry that your fine district secretary is sick by the triplet. A fine man, and uh, you have uh, blessed me, because when people believe uh, you just rise to a higher dimension... And I appreciate Brother Travis when he stepped up here after a while ago and he's sort of giving a little warning on still on that balance, you know. And I said, well, there it is, pastoral advice to the preachers, you know. We don't want to get lopsided. We want to stay uh, right straight ahead, you know, with everything... Because it's easy, you know, to make a mistake and uh, then have to worry about it six months. And if we'll walk with Jesus, we won't have that to worry about. Right. So, Brother Travis, we, we love you and thank you. A real, real special leader. And I know that you, brethren, believe that. That's
1: right. And
0: the thing that'll make your church strong, strong and together, is to get with the district, get with the conferences and the camp meetings, pray, put everything in it. Because if there had been a thousand jobs, as I said, Satan would have been less to tackle him. And when we're all in revival, every church, everybody moving, everybody pulling together, you know, then we can do it together. I've noticed these fellows that launch out all by themselves. Move, crowds, and, and some of a shame to look at now. And I, I used to look at them and admire them, Had great crowds. And now it's just a money-raising thing. It's just a whirly thing, you know, and it just breaks my heart. Some of them that I was close to once that was not UPC, but they were men of faith out there. Uh, I remember... You can be seated. I remember I was in a great uh, revival one night, and this fellow had just returned from a country where there was... At that time, he had the largest crowds that ever gathered to a religious service. And uh, I was sitting down at the front, just uh, listening, just seeing what is going on in the world. I've watched. I've gone to charismatic meetings. I've read their books. I listen. And I learn. And I watch men. You can't always tell where he's going the first five years. But this man... And the world's largest crowd left the pulpit and come down to me. He didn't know me. He said, You've got this ministry too. And he hugged my neck three times. The preacher sitting by me was astonished. The man was in touch. But he backslid. He died on skid row. I don't care how high and how mighty you've been used. If you lose your consecration, it's goodbye. Right. That's right. We need to learn to walk with one person day and night. You know, it's great to preach about him, but it's better to walk with him. It's good to preach the doctrine he gave us. But it's best to walk with the giver. And then the rest of it will go along, you
2: know. You know, when
0: you was courting your wife, the letters was good. You enjoyed them, but every weekend, you know, you just had to see them. You know, reading the letter wasn't enough. Hearing him on the telephone wasn't enough. You just wanted to go and see him. Reading his love letter is great. But let's go see him every once in a while. Get that real close personal touch, love, love to worship him. The older I get, the more I see the need of walking with Jesus. Just talking, worshiping Him. I don't have to be at church, just anywhere. Just walk with Him. That's the secret. And you'll always know. You'll always make the right decision. Because He knew it all from the foundation of the world. Follow me, and you can get off the course sometimes. Paul said, Follow me is a follow Christ. Pick out a man you know is following Christ. But remember, some other man is good to fellowship him, but there's no one that can take the place of Jesus. In his name, never separate the name from the person never separate the word from the person we can preach so much about the name but we just see one just J-E-S-U-S but J-E-S-U-S is a real living person if I could shake his hand it would be a good warm handshake such love such peace that flows from Him. There's just nothing like it, you know. I'm just talking. But I, I've been a preaching and a talking that I just have to stop and say, Jesus, I know You're up there, and I know You're here, and I know You love me. I know You care, and I know I don't know everything, and I, I can make mistakes, and I can ask things that it's not ready. It's not the right time. But it'll be all right. I'd rather hear him say, Son, I love you. You please me. Than have a million letters. I I want to please Him. That's what it's all about. Praise God. Love, love. Well, ministers, we talked a while ago. One translation of this scripture in Psalms is, "I'll awake the dawn. I won't wait till it comes up. I'll just, uh, I'll wake it." Being reared on the farm, I about four thirty in the morning, them old roosters would start trolling. Look like they're trying to wake up the dawn. Hurry it up. And as the chickens would begin to move around and the horses and the cattle in the lot, it meant dawn was coming. There was a stir in the barnyard. A stir in the chicken house. It's the dawning of a new day. And the old rooster would call oh, he's happy. Another day, another day. Well, they didn't make the sun rise any faster, but it did something to them, you know. Yeah. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! <laughs> and we're called to wake the dawn, yes. in that sense, you know. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord to wake up sleepy folks, to wake up the church. Praise God! We're called to do that. We have gifts that the members don't have to watch for their soul. We can't sleep. Souls will perish. You know, sometime we're called on to deliver some sad messages. I was telling Brother Kraft about one of them. Fifteen years ago, I was praying, the Lord said, Go over and tell Thomas goodbye. I said, what's, what's that mean? He said, Go. I walked in, and him and his wife had just separated, and he was fixing to leave. I said, Thomas, the Lord told me to come tell you goodbye. And that means if you leave, you won't come back alive, son. He said, "Oh, I hope not." I walked to the door. I said, "Thomas, goodbye. I'll never see you again if you leave." He left. Three days later, coming back from Texas, drinking. He was killed instantly. Run into a cupboard. Two years ago, I had a young man in my church. His name is Tommy, his his son. He was headed to become a multimillionaire. And uh, he was a member of my church, but had drifted back, began to dabble the things of the world. And one morning I was praying, the Lord said, Call Tommy over and tell him goodbye. I said, oh Lord, I hope this is not a repeat of his daddy 15 years ago. I called him in and I said, son, just want to tell you goodbye. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're fixing to die. I said, you've drifted away from God. I said, I don't know whether if you fixed it up you would escape a not, but I'd try it if I were you. He partly did, but he didn't. Three weeks later, his uh, company was moving, and he was ahead of his big trucks. And he saw one of his cars, uh, the one of the men that worked for him, parked by the road. He knew something's wrong, so he got out. He turned around and come back, meeting. Him. And one of his lights was sticking out in the highway back the other way. Well, the drivers of one of his trucks came over the hill and saw it. It was sort of rainy like. They thought there was a meeting a car on the wrong side of the road, slapped on the brakes. Tommy and another boy were standing between the two cars, slapped it together, and killed them both instantly. I walked with the casket. I said, Goodbye, boy. I loved him. He was a blessing to the church for a long time. But sometimes we have to deliver messages like that. Sometimes we in tune with the spirit world. You see things that grieve your heart. just don't know. We were driving down the street one day, and I said to my wife, I said, look, see that man, that merchant standing there by the post? She said, yeah. I said, he's fixing to die. She said, oh, surely not. He looks all right. Next evening at 4 o'clock, he dropped dead with a heart attack. These are things... And sometimes you move into these things and still can't help people. And yet there are others that we have been able to help by delivering such messages. But there's one thing I know, that Jesus loves people even though they're sinners. He'll send a message. Would you think it's strange that God would do this to a soul that's fixing to go into eternity lost forever? No, he wants to use us preachers more. But be careful. And be sure. There's a place in Christ when you don't miss it. It's not a worked-up, pat-yourself-on-the-back thing. There's some messages you're not anxious to deliver at all. He wished you didn't have to. But that's a preacher's life. And today, as I look out over this audience and these ministers' wives here, the greatest people that walk the face of the earth, you will, I told one fella, I said, your wife's going to get two crowns one for living for God and another for living for you living with you but to put up with a preacher with all of his battles if I was a woman I'd never marry one I don't think but you're in trouble now so you make the best of it (laughs) you can't leave him and you don't want to do you but uh I don't know. You know, we're always out on cloud nine hunting a sermon and don't even hear what the wife says sometimes. And there's nobody in the world I ought to listen to more than her. Because I'll guarantee you when you said, Will you marry me? You didn't get off on one of these trips. You just waiting for that. Ah, uh, yes. Wouldn't you? You really heard it. And mine, oh, she barely whispered it. She didn't say, Yeah! But I heard it. I'd be able to hurt it twenty feet.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh we should treat her better at the breakfast table than we do the girl down where we eat breakfast. I've seen some I said if you treated that waitress like you just treated your wife, that waitress would throw a glass or plate at you. when the storms are raging to have a good companion. Somebody to go home to. Somebody that cares. Somebody that hurts with you. I want you to know that's a marvelous thing. Praise God. Before I end this today, and if you'll forgive me, I'm not going to Brother Dillon, I hate to take your time. We run over today and I was banking on here and you would Joel forgive me for leaving as soon as I'm through because I got a long ways to drive. And uh I had an Evangelist come preach for me once and he was so tired when he'd get through preaching he couldn't even go out to eat. He's a young fellow. I said, Man, that makes me feel good. I can preach and get in the car and drive three hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> but by the help of the Lord, we're going to pray the prayer of faith for anyone that has any needs here this afternoon, because I sensed it this morning, and maybe you do. And uh, I can pray the prayer of faith. You know why? I believe the Bible. That's why. I believe He is, and that He is a reward. Yes of the diligent who seeks him. Yes. So that's why. So I'm nothing special. You can't do. And you're going to believe with me. And if there's anybody in all the whole world that needs help, it's a preacher's wife. A lot of times these folks will... I don't know. My wife, just. she handles it. She won't discuss nothing with them just say talk to Tom <laughs> I came in one day and a lady was and my wife never had a argue with nobody never since I knew she just don't have no fusses nobody anyway this lady she was one of those high strong I don't know self conscious fearful somebody's against her you know all that Anyway, she just announced to my wife that she felt that my wife had something against her. And uh, they was having a talk about it when I walked in. So I didn't say nothing. I didn't join in on the talk wife right, just and they closed it pretty quick enough and so uh, the lady was in my office not too long after that and uh, I said uh, he was talking to my wife the other day I said uh, you know what my wife said about you after you left she said no what I said nothing <laughs> I said she didn't even tell me what it was all about I said, oh, what I heard is all I know. Well, she needed to hear that, you know. Well, this lady did. Because she would have been different about it, I'm sure. But my wife, they want to unwind. she just said said, talk to Tom about it. I don't know about it. And, uh, so that's what we've been trying to do around you. Unwind, 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 you know, and, uh, a lot of us need to, and that's what you've been doing around here, unwinding. You know how to unwind a clock? Just let it run. Don't wind it up no more, and it'll run down.
1: <laughs>
0: you used to have them old clocks, you keep winding them. You get them too tight, it wouldn't run. And you have to sit there and shake it, you know. Well, finally, it would run. That's the way some people, they just get keyed up till they just can't run, just... But the way to unwind is just don't wind up. (laughs) That's, That's simple, isn't it? Praise the Lord. And there's a whole lot of folks who wind you up if you let them. I got some of the best winders you've ever seen in your life. That's right. But, you know, nobody can... They got to have my permission to make me angry they got to have my permission to make me work if I'm just a little stubborn so I'm not going to let you make me mad I'm just going I ain't going to do it I ain't going to give you permission to make me angry go ahead and say what you want to say I ain't getting mad That's you see how powerful we are
1: <laughs> they can't
0: make me mad let's uh, let them he make me worry unless I let him. Now, I had folks, I know folks. I said, now they say worry will kill you and I know some, if it would, they'd have been dead 40 years ago. Then I realized that they really don't worry. They, They try to make somebody else worry for them. It's hardly an night goes by that I don't get a call from a woman and she's not a member of the church. Uh, and sometimes it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I've got indigestion. Will Would you please pray for me? Well, there's times I'd like to say take a dose of soda and go to bed and go to sleep. <laughs> but poor thing, you know, it's trying to work on my patience. So I said, oh, God, Jesus, touch her and help her. And I know some that, Died for 50 years before they ever died. When I first knew them, they was going to die. They'd call the folks there. dying. I'd pray for them.
1: Everything.
0: And they lived to be 90. So, that's just some of the problems. The preacher and a wife has to put up with all of that. He's like a yo-yo. And sometimes he's like a termite in the yo-yo, as they say, you know. <laughs> Heard Brother Tenney say other day, he said, a certain fellow was as confused as the three-headed woodpecker in a petrified forest.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, that's confused. <laughs> Can you imagine one caught and carried out, turned loose, in a petrified forest that's been used to pecking these trees around here, and suddenly he just bounces.
1: <laughs>
0: that would be confusing. Let me read a scripture. And now, everybody say now. I sort of like now, you know. I, I like the some, and I like the now, and I like you and uh, some people's always looking into the future, tomorrow, 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 or yesterday. They never live today. They just live in the yesterdays or tomorrows. So they miss today, all of its blessings and all the great things of today. And there's one thing always remember: yesterday's gone with all of its faults and all of its failures. Nothing you can do about it. There's water going on the bridge and it's gone. Tomorrow hasn't come. Today's the day the Lord has given us. Rejoice and be glad. That's what he said. No one will break down under the pressures of today. We can handle them. We break down when we drag all the yesterdays over into today and all the bad tomorrows we can dream up today. Pile them up. Nobody can stand such pressure. But any human being can take it like the Lord said. Today.
2: Today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
0: And the joy of the Lord is strength. Of course, I think this has got a twofold meaning. I got to looking at it and thinking about it the other day. I always said, Well, for me to be real happy, that's my strength. He said, The joy of the Lord. Hey, I can make the Lord happy. You know, if I'm doing right, I can make him happy. How about that? Huh?
1: Doing the will of God. Yes, sir.
0: Makes him joyful.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. You
0: know, Job made him happy whenever he hit old Sweetfoot that last lick and he tucked his tail and headed through the (laughs) hedge. Didn't see him for the next 140
1: years.
0: (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Goodbye. Joy of the Lord. I want to make Jesus happy. Hey, I'm in this to make him happy. That's what it's all about, isn't it? right. I want to make him just overjoyed with me.
1: That old boy. Look at him. Look at that.
0: Look at that. He's doing all right. And then I know he's happy with me. Then the joy of the Lord's my
1: strength.
0: You know, I told some of my young folks, I said, now look, we ain't playing music around here. Just for the old carnal man. I want music played here that the Holy Ghost likes. I want worship here that the Holy Ghost likes. We are to gear our services to what the Holy Ghost
2: likes. And if that
0: other fellow don't like what the Holy Ghost likes, too bad. There are still those old songs and that sweet, lovely music that the Holy Ghost likes. If I ever get to praying for the sick and casting out devils, I hope they don't come on some of this wild, rocky stuff. (coughs) They would run the Holy Ghost out and the devils come in. I want something to run the devil out and the Holy Ghost come in. Our whole life should be geared to please God. Every service to please God. Everything we do to please Him. And now abide it, faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Let me talk to you just a little bit about the big three. You've heard of the big four, haven't you? This is the big three, faith, hope, and love. The most powerful words in the Bible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen I don't know there's something about faith it'll help you in times of storm in times of sickness in times of poverty in times of trouble you can have the best hospitalization and it don't give you too much joy but faith makes you a different person you can face life different from the ordinary person. You've got faith in people, in things, in God, and His universe. I still love people. If I ever get to where I don't love people, I'll know I'm back And I can't wait till they're perfect to love them. And neither will the Lord wait until you perfect, reach perfection before He uses you, preacher. Remember that. If He had to wait till we were all perfect before He uses us, He'd have a time scratching up a dozen. But because we love Him and because we know how to confess and repent, and to keep more, keep going. I was talking to a lady and she said, she was a good woman. I discerned her spirit. But she had some of the silliest little old things she worried about. And she said, I have asked the Lord to forgive me until I'm tired of it. And all it was, she said she wasn't going to drink coffee. And she went and started drinking. Some little things like that, you know. The Lord don't care whether you drink it or don't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blessed is a man that condemneth not himself and the things he allows. Now, you don't allow something the Bible tells you not to right. allow, but, you know, every fellow's got his life, you know, and his feelings, you know. And I worried about it. I said, now, here's a woman, a good woman, That's fixing to quit asking the Lord to forgive her because he feels like she's tired of it. And I was sitting on the platform youth camp and the Holy Ghost come upon me. And the Lord said, it's not my children's faults and failures and even their sins that troubled me the most. It's the fact that they won't bring them to me and let me forgive them or they can be free. Because if you don't ask forgiveness, you're loaded with the thing. And he, if if he told Peter to forgive his brother 490 times a day, that means God to give a feller forgive a feller more than that, if he needed it. The one thing that I like about repentance, it makes the devil mad. The devil said, "Hey, you did something." I said, "Thank you very much, Jesus, forgive me." Oh, that makes him mad. He didn't know I was going to do that, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, as long as he can keep you from repenting, feeling like God ain't going to forgive you, you've done it so many times, nah, he knows he'll just load you down, load you down, load you down, until so you can't even hardly open your eyes. But I have found out that it makes the devil mad for me to repent. And it upsets him. And so I just repent a lot of time when I don't need to. Because it makes the devil mad. Because he knows he ain't got no weight. I've got rid of it. I I ain't carrying his junk around. I say, Lord, dump it on him. He's the fellow that started. Just dump it on him. Faith. Then uh, Hope. I love hope. Oh, my. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You first start hoping. And you're hoping hope. And then all of a sudden, as you read the Bible, you got the substance. And you, you get it. Not long ago, one of my dear old saints died in the hospital in uh, Mendon, An old, old warrior for many years. As we... Watched her go. There was a raging storm outside. The wind was blowing and thundering and lightning. And we walked to the window after she had passed away, and her husband said, and it's storming, and oh, how she loved the storm. She could always sit and say to the kids, God's in the storm. He'll take care of us. Don't worry, children. And I walked out of the hospital, and the storm had passed, And I stepped out and looked and the sun had come out and there was a beautiful rainbow hanging just beyond the hospital. And I said, there's a rainbow. A rainbow. Her life is ended. She's gone. And God put a rainbow. Her storms are over. Her troubles are over. She's gone to be with Jesus. And there's a rainbow in every cloud that comes upon you and me as Christians. There's a rainbow. It'll pass. The storm will pass. They're not stationary. You ever notice they move on? One day I was sitting and it had been storming and it passed and the sun came out and a lady called and she said, Brother Barnes, I'm so depressed so beat down I'm going through some terrible things I said look out the winter I said isn't the sun pretty It storm a while ago wind is blowing lightning flashing but I said it passed didn't it she said yeah it sure did I said your storm will pass amen it'll pass after a while and God will put you a rainbow up there. Some of you here today is about ready to see your rainbow. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I read this, and I'm going to read it to you. I copied it out of a book. It sort of hit home to me. Hanging in... Tate Gower in, in, in uh, London, George Watt's painting there entitled Hope. It pictures a blind folded woman sitting on the world, stricken and dejected. In her hand is a harp with all the strings broken but one. She He's striking that one string. Hope. Every string was broke but one. But she was striking the one. Hope. Blind, the string's all broke but one. But I'm going to beat
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yes,
0: sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. That's what the Lord likes. Yes, sir. Hey, man, when the darkness comes and you can't see and you only got one thing, hang on. Hang on. hang on, hang on. Praise God. Just keep on with that one strength. One day God will restring the heart. He'll fix it up for you, but he just wanted to see how far you'd go. Amen. after Abraham would have offered up his son, his only son, God said, now I know you give all even your son to me it was bad must have been heartbreaking but he stood true blue and then last here today love 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 hope before I leave that I see a man you have to admire him For 38 years he just hoped 38 years they drug him down to that pool oh I don't know what his name was John said would you fellas take me down to the pool again this is 35 years yeah it could be my day 36 going again 37 Sure, not again, man. But they put him on that little old couch and take him down as close to the poop. But somebody else got in before he did. Oh, lying there. And somebody walked up and said, Do you want to get well? He said, I don't have any man. There comes a time, you don't. Have any man that can help you. There's a time, Preacher's can't even help you. There's a time that you got to look up in the eyes of Jesus. And when he looked up into those eyes, suddenly, faith took hold for the hope. And together, he said, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Then love. Love is the most powerful force. After a hundred days battle when the Lord Jesus appeared and stepped into my bedroom. You know, some of the greatest experiences with God I've ever had was in my bedroom. I prayed all night at church and other places. And one day... You know how people will be about the bedroom just a little bit, you know. I said, Lord, why you appeared in my bedroom. You spoke, spoke to me in an audible voice in my bedroom many times. Woke me up talking to me. Still audible. He said, Well, that's the most sacred room of your house. Amen. That's the room of love. God created us to love one another. And there should never be a guilt across the screen. Love one another. Always. But when I looked into his eyes and the sun was shining like it is today, 3.30, February the 8th, 1964. So you remember all that? Well, there have to be a thousand. I'll never forget it. You don't forget things that happen when you see Jesus. But he looked at me with those eyes that if all the love in the world could have been drained out of every human being that ever lived and poured into one man, it wouldn't equal his love. God is love. He cares. When you see Jesus, you see love in action. When you see him going to Calvary, that's the demonstration of the greatest act of love. That's love in action. On a hill far away, there stood an old rugged cross. The emblem of suffering and shame. That's love. That's love that surpasses anything this world will ever know. I can't go back on him because I love him and he loves me. I can't let him down. He loved me when I was unlovable. He picked me up when I was a nobody. And he put his arms around me and he loved me. And I I want to prove that love. I see it in action when that old son that had going into far country and lived a terrible life, and wound up in the hog pen. And here he comes home. The father's sitting out there looking. Someday he's got to come back. He can't forget that. Somewhere, somewhere. And one day he looked up, And that song, he said, he'd already settled it in the hog pen. He said, I'll go back. I'll be your servant. When that old dad saw him, he rose up and he ran to meet him. That's God's pure love. And his old stinky, smelly hog pen. hose broke and dirty put his arms around him and he said, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called his son. I just want to be a servant. He didn't pay attention to it. He said, bring out the best robe you got. Kill the fatted calf. My boys, come home.
1: I love my boy. I
0: love it. Let's not forget love. Let's not forget love. Oh, <laughs> Dealing with poor, loss. Oh, dying men. Let's not forget love. Oh, oh. <laughs> that woman come to church. She may be irritable and upset, but she don't know what happened at home. She got beat up. Oh, God. Little <laughs> kill Come to church and never get any attention at home.
2: Uh.
0: (laughs) I need love. (laughs) We were lost and doomed for a devil's hell. He left Glory Land and came to this earth and died. (laughs) We might be redeemed. It costs something for you and me to be saved today. I told you yesterday, I saw his face when he came out of Pilot's Hall. It was beaten to a pulp.
1: His eyes were black.
0: And his lips were swollen. And a crown of thorns crushed down, blood trickling down his face. He was saying, really, he didn't say nothing, but yet he said a million words. Tom, you see what I went through for you. Tell them about it. Tell them that by my stripes, I healed. I've only been beat once and then on tearing the cross up the hill and I thought as I looked at that scene and I watched him with that cross just as plain as looking at the movie he was struggling for me That's a demonstration of love. That beaten face was a demonstration of love for me. That cross on his shoulder was a demonstration of love. At its highest, you can't beat that. And we run the worst old sinner down to the altar. He's lived a sinful life for 40 years he's cursed and he's beat his wife and his children and finally here he is and uh, let me just paraphrase let me just he said Jesus forgive me and Jesus starts to reach out and I hear Gabriel and Michael say Lord do you know who that is? That's the worst blasphemer. Why beater? Blasphemer. Y- you're gonna save him that quick? Anybody say Gabriel Michael? Said, see that? You know why I brought those scars to heaven for? Her? Gabriel Michael? So every time a sinner cried, I've got the scars. They're for him. I forgive him. Bring the prostitute down that's dying with cancer. Again, we see the same demonstration. Wait a minute, Lord. That is a prostitute. She's broke up homes. Her little children is then offered home. And you going to heal her? He said, Gabriel, Michael, would you get behind me? He drops his robe. He said, what do you see? He said, we see stripes, scars, Lord. He said, Well, you think I brought him to heaven for? So that purr, dying... Prostitute to be saved and healed. That's love. Pure love. And He loves you if you're sick today. He loves you. If He'll do that for the sinner, how much more will He do it for you because healing is your bread. It belongs to you. All you have to do is to say, Lord, I receive it. Thank you. Thank you.